Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. Welcome to another episode of Katie Hasn't Seen That. I I mean, there's spoilers. I don't know. Do I need to keep saying that there's spoilers for this? I often wonder, like, if it's redundant at this point for me to be like, hey, there's spoilers for the movie that I'm talking about. So, well, I guess it's it's done. This is We're here now. Okay. We're here. I'm watching Poltergeist today. I'm sticking with the spooky theme for a little bit since Halloween is among us while I'm recording these episodes. This movie has been recommended to me many times. It is from 1982. It's rated PG. The movie's rated PG, and I don't know if it was one of those weird times where like Jaws is rated PG. Do you all think Jaws should be rated PG? No, Jaws should be rated R because it ruins lives like mine. I'm watching Poltergeist today. It is listed as a horror thriller, comes in at a cool two hours. The story of Poltergeist was by Steven Spielberg. I didn't know this. I had no idea that the Berg, that's, I don't, I've never called him that before, had his hands in this. And also Frank Marshall. So that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that he helped write the screenplay for this. And I think it's about haunted houses, a haunted house with ghosts. I mean, Poltergeist. That's a ghost, right? Or is that a specific kind of... Okay, I'm looking it up. Okay, I looked up the definition of poltergeist to see if it was a different definition than a ghost, but it's it's a it's essentially a ghost or other supernatural being supposedly responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects thrown around. And there's two cartoon images of ghosts uh, underneath this. So thank you, dictionary.com, for hooking me up with that. And just because it's fun, uh, this extra little tidbit... It's from the mid-19th century, and it's from the German poltergeist. From poltern, which means create a disturbance, plus geist, which means ghost. The more you know. Craig T. Nelson is in this, and that's the only person I know from this movie. And I only know about him because he was on the show Parenthood, which I watched all but the last season of Parenthood. So I don't know what happened, but it'll be interesting to see Craig T. Nelson in a different role than a cheating father figure on a family drama. So yeah, this is Poltergeist. This movie has been around for decades. I get this one confused with Amityville Horror all the time. They are in fact two different movies. Like this is a famous horror movie, right? They made like five of these or something. I'm hoping I'll get spooked, but my expectations are a little bit low because it's rated PG, but Jaws was rated PG. So I really shouldn't judge a movie by its rating at this point. This movie has a 7.3 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database. 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god, there's a new one. A 5 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. What the hell is that? Alright, I clicked some stuff. I've never heard of this website. CommonSenseMedia.org. It's a 5 out of 5. I'm scared of the internet. It constantly shows me things that I'm like, should I take this seriously? What happened to Metacritic? Because I needed to know what Metacritic said 
Poltergeist has a 79%. Still really confused as to what the hell common sense media is, but now we all have that information in our head and we're stuck with it. And last but not least, 85% of Google users like this movie. I know there's children in it. I know there's at least one poltergeist. And I'm hoping that I will be scared and or amused by this movie. So I'm going to go make a hot cup of tea. It's really rainy and dreary here today, so I kind of think it's the perfect afternoon to watch a scary movie. I'm going to grab my weighted blanket to handle some of the anxiety of said scary movie, and I'm going to go watch this and then tell you what I think. I'm back and I watched Poltergeist. I got my flu shot today, so it feels like someone actively punched me in the arm at a very hard velocity. I hope that is a scientifically sound way to put that. I've got some tea and we're going to talk about me watching Poltergeist. First things first, the movie opens with that MGM lion roaring inside of the... What is that? There's just like a lion roaring at the beginning of MGM. Does MGM still exist? I feel like I have not seen that lion intro in decades. And so that was a weird nostalgic thing that just kind of happened at the beginning of this movie that I was like, oh yeah, I remember MGM and the lion... And then I got sad because I was like, I bet that lion died sometime. And I kind of hate that my brain does that. So let's move on. (laughs) This is something I've noticed about me. If it's a movie I don't enjoy, spoiler alert, (laughs) I tend to not memorize the characters' names because I don't care. (laughs) So I just pulled up a list of the actors and whatnot so I can make sure I get the correct names when I talk about characters. There's that little girl, that little blonde girl in it. Her name is Carol. She goes on quite an adventure, if I do say so myself. But I'm just going to say, that girl's just haunted in general. She wakes up in the middle of the night and goes down the stairs and, like, talks to the TV. Is it her fault? Did she open a portal within that TV that invited these poltergeists? The the many geists that have now entered their home? I think it's her fault. I think she just has some sort, you know how some people are like considered to be haunted or like in tune with the other side. Maybe she was just one of those and she just got too close to that staticky TV and boom, demons want to come play. There's like an opening sequence in this movie too, where it's like the credits are rolling. Like they don't do that in movies really anymore, where it's just long shots of nothing. They're kind of establishing shots, but there's a man on a bike in this one and he's just riding with what I thought was soda for most of it. But I think it was beer. And then there's a moment where he gets to the house that's kind of the central focus of this movie. And these kids down the street use like electric RC cars and like knock this guy off his bike and a bunch of his beer cans explode. And then he still runs into the house and it's spraying all over the living room. And they're so invested in this football game. And I just have never related less to something in my entire life. Though I did feel really bad that those kids just literally made this man drop all of his drinks and fall off of his bike, essentially. But the football was way too important. If you've ever seen a Spielberg movie, this has a definite Spielberg feel. I know Spielberg didn't direct this. I heard he was on set a lot for this movie because he wasn't allowed to direct this and another movie. I don't remember what the other movie was, but he was a very hands-on producer from what I read. And this movie has that kind of whimsy Spielberg film feel. You know, like E.T. There's just something about Spielberg movies that feels kind of like Disney-esque. They feel very like, ooh here's a story. And I don't think it worked too well for this movie. Also, how is this movie rated PG? 
There is folks smoking weed. There's a lot of cursing. And just the situations at least would, to me, warrant a more aggressive rating than PG. At the time this movie was made, PG-13 did not exist yet. So I feel like nowadays this would probably get a PG-13 rating. However, I also read, and my husband told me this as well, that Spielberg lobbied to get it down from an R rating to a PG because it was originally rated R. Doesn't feel like an R-rated movie, and I'll talk more about that as we go, but it's just kind of weird, the subject matter. However, again, Jaws was a PG movie, and that movie, how was that not rated R? How on earth was Jaws not rated R? You need more than parental guidance for that movie. You need a prayer and a hope that you will not be scarred for life. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, PG ratings in the 80s seemed to be very misguided. Also, the fact that a director could lobby to get the rating down from an R? Isn't the MPAA supposed to, like, protect us? There is, okay, I say that, but there's corruption everywhere. Like I said, I watch a crap ton of documentaries, and if you're ever interested in how the MPAA, which is the the Motion Picture Association, wait, why is there two A's? Oh, Motion Picture Association of America. Excuse me, can't forget the America part. There's an awesome documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. It's from 2006. It's a deep dive into how the MPAA rates and reviews movies. And it's super crazy. And I honestly can believe that Spielberg was able to go, yeah, but can we make it PG? And they're like, oh my God, Spielberg's asking. And so I believe it. But I really recommend that documentary. It is so interesting. Moving along, the TV static in this entire movie was so aggressive. I won't lie. There was a lot in this movie that just hurt my eyes to watch. I've been around static televisions and they do not flicker in such a manner that makes me go, my God, should I go towards the light and just accept my death or what? I feel like the lighting in this movie did a huge disservice, not just only when the TV was quote unquote staticky, but just in that whole sequence when, oh my God, I really didn't like this movie, y'all. I really didn't like this movie. There's a whole sequence when they're trying to get Carol and so the mom's gonna go through like a door portal and there's that Tangina. I don't even know if I'm saying her name right. That like lady who comes who's like, you have to come to the other side. Like the lights flickering in those entire sequences whenever the TV's static or she's going through that door portal were just so aggressive and the scenes were so drawn out. I can't be the only one that was like, this is bothering my eyes and my head. I just didn't think it was very well done. I really felt like some of the scenes were hard to watch based on the lighting choices that they did. And like low key, there should be an epileptic warning with this movie, just for everybody's sake. I just think that if if you're epileptic or not, you gotta be prepared for blinding flashing lights that will make you go, do I have a migraine? I think I have a migraine. I will say the movie was very vibrant. I don't know if that's like a remaster thing. I watched this on Netflix right now in 2020. It is on Netflix. So I watched it that way and I felt like the movie had like a lot of nice, bright, vibrant colors in the beginning. I always appreciate like movies that have good color grading and I felt like this was very crisp and I I did like that part of it. There's a part in the beginning where there's a little bird named Tweety that dies. It's like a little yellow bird and it's the little bird, I believe, of the girl Carol. And so the mom finds her and then goes to flush her down the toilet or him down the toilet before they bury him outside because... Carol walks in on her mom going to flush Tweety down the toilet. And I don't know, 
stuff with animals gets me a lot. My husband actually was kind enough to, there's a, okay, if you're like me, I cannot handle stuff with animals usually. And there's a website called Does the Dog Die? To be exact, it is doesthedogdie.com. And at first, when you, you hear that, you're like, oh my God. And I actually think my friend Brad told me about this first. And then we've actually utilized this a lot because I can't handle stuff with dogs in movies, like at all. But this website is crowdsourced emotional spoilers for movies, TV, books, and more. So if there's something that's like triggering to you, and I don't mean that in the colloquial way of like, oh my God, are you triggered right now? Like things that are actually triggering to you. I just pulled up the website and here's like a couple examples. Like obviously you can find out if a pet or a dog dies in the movie. There's tags for body dysmorphia, stalking, if a horse dies, bones breaking, teeth damage, falling deaths, anti-Semiticism, Santa spoilers. <laughs> like, I think if you don't want anyone to find out more about Santa, um, there's also a tag here for heads getting squashed. So if you're like me and sometimes you're like, I'm in an emotional headspace or in a headspace where I can't watch a specific kind of thing, consult this website. It will help you because then you can avoid content that you might be too sensitive to interact with or consume right now. My husband checked to make sure that the dog in the movie didn't die because there is a dog in this movie. So that ended up being okay, but we did not know that Tweety passed. And just how nonchalant they were about it and they did end up burying her, but then they started digging up a pool later in the movie, which ends up being a huge plot point because they built all these houses on a graveyard. Uh-oh, they're here. <laughs> So, but as they're digging up the pool, you see the little box they buried Tweety in just getting like dug up. And that was kind of sad. I guess that's just a little thing that I didn't really like. Cause I was like, poor Tweety deserved better. This movie had a super slow build. It felt like a Disney horror movie. I felt like I was on a ride at Disney World or Disneyland. And I was like, okay, so I'm sitting in my little car and I'm seeing all the cartoony horror things that happen. I don't know if for 1982 this was scary, but I'm comparing it to The Exorcist, which I recently watched for Katie Hasn't Seen That. Go listen to that episode if you want to hear what I thought about that movie. But that one was from 1973, and the practical effects alone in that movie made this look like child's play. I seriously felt like this movie was lacking in the special effects department as well as the practical effects department. It was just, like, weird. It was just a weirdly written movie. It took a long time to go anywhere. And then when it got places, you're like, oh my God, can you not? Like when the wisps of ghosts, poltergeists come out of the TV, it was just very cartoony. And I granted it was a different era. It was kind of Ghostbustery, like that kind of SFX, but it fits for Ghostbusters because it's like a comedy. I don't know what this movie was. I was neither horrified or thrilled as I watched this. There's also a point where like they're doing that, like I said, they were digging up the pool and the construction workers were like a creep to the older daughter who's like in high school. I don't know, like who, there was no point to that scene. Like they, they didn't need to like catcall the high school girl leaving for school. And then also in, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like these are bad parents. Like throughout the entire movie, the parents played by Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, Diane and Steve were the characters' names, Um, just like not present or when the house became possessed, if you will, and things were moving around the kitchen, the mom let whatever these poltergeists were drag her daughter across the kitchen floor like it was a fun activity. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, the closet opens up and 
takes her daughter into the other realm and then things get serious. It's just, it was a weird thing. And then anytime the kids had like a horrific situation happen, like their son, I think his name was Robbie, was scared of the tree outside of his window. And then the tree comes to life and tries to eat him, you know, as trees do in most horrific situations. And they like save the son, but then they just like leave him alone in the house. And I'm like, but they're looking for their other kid. But I'm just like, why wouldn't they stick together? There's just like a lot of children left alone in weird, scary situations. And that even happened at the end as well. Like the mom, instead of protecting her kids when the entities came back, she got so scared she ran outside and was like running around her yard and falling in the pool and... Uh Uh-oh, all the skeleton bodies are coming out of the water now while her kids are inside. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, yeah, I have kids. And then she ran back into the house to try to save them before the closet ate them again. It just wasn't scary either. Even the part where one of the ghost hunters was in the kitchen and there was like the maggots on the food he was eating. And then he went into the bathroom or like the laundry room and he saw himself in the mirror and he started peeling his face away. It looks so funny. It didn't look like scary where I'm like, oh, God, he's pulling his face apart. And I did read that Spielberg apparently did that scene because the actor was afraid of messing up the shot because there was only one bust made. Still, though, come on. It looks so goofy. But my husband did say, like, if if I was 10 years old, would this have been a scary movie? Yeah, probably. But... I don't know who this movie was for. Is this like baby's first horror movie? Because I wouldn't even subject anybody to this movie as a stepping stone into horror. It just felt so disjointed. It felt like we were on a Disney ride. Like when she gets sucked into the closet, when the little girl gets sucked into the closet, there's just like glitter everywhere. There's just like a bunch of glitter falling into the closet. I'm like, where's all this glitter coming from? Does she just have like a a craft kit in her room and it just opened wide and all this glitter's falling out? And like scary stuff happens. And again, the family just doesn't stick together. The pacing was awful in this movie. It just was like all over the place. It was slow and then too much was happening and then it was slow again. And then you're like, oh God, are we almost done? And they're like, oh wait, there's more. Like at the end when all the skeletons pop out of the ground, that was like a Disney ride. I'm sorry. That's like going to a theme park and like you're on like a boat and there's like coffins lining the side and they're animatronic and they open, they go, ah. And then they close and you just go by that for like five minutes because water rides are generally pretty slow. It just felt so produced in a weird way for a movie. Like it feels like they made this movie so that they could make a ride at Disneyland. And I know I keep harping on that, but I just felt like this was like horror light TM by Disney. Also, when they send their son alone... Okay, this another note for the bad parenting handbook is when they send their son Robbie to go to the grandparents in a cab alone... At least the dog had the good idea to go with him. It just, I don't know everybody. I hated this movie. I absolutely hated this movie. It was tedious and annoying. (laughs) Oh my God. The lights bothered my eyes. I was annoyed by most of the characters. The resolution and when they get the girl back, what she just, they fall out of a ceiling like they were birthed and they have jello all over them and can't breathe. I just, I am a huge fan of horror and I, I, I play a ton of horror games on my Twitch channel. I watch a lot of horror TV shows. I've actually noticed I do watch a lot of horror movies as well. But man, I can be a pretty harsh critic of horror. I've also noticed because I can tell when stuff's cheap or it feels like it was phoned in or it just doesn't quite 
make the mark. And I just don't know who this movie was for. Maybe it is like a kid's horror movie. I just wasn't invested. Nothing was surprising or even remotely scary. I just honestly couldn't wait for the movie to end. So with that said, I'm going to give this movie a 0 out of 10 tree attacks. I don't think I've ever given a movie a 0 before. I actually had another movie on this podcast that I described as one of the worst movies, if not the worst movie I've ever seen. And I hate to say it, I think this one gives it a run for its money. I couldn't find anything redeeming about this movie. Nothing was charming. Nothing was fun. Nothing was scary. I also realized, I think Spielberg is like a 50-50 director. Like, I think 50% of Spielberg's movies are okay and like pretty good. But I think the other 50% are utterly bad. Like Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, Jaws, great movies, Ready Player One, Poltergeist, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, bad. Granted, I know Spielberg didn't direct this movie, but in a way he kind of did because he was so dang involved with this. And I'm just going to kind of count it. Even though the credit goes to Toby Hooper, I don't even know. I hope I'm saying his name right. Please tell me if you liked this movie, I, I gotta know. Like I got, I gotta, like you gotta come and tell me what it, about this movie you like. I also do not understand how they made Poltergeist 2, The Other Side from 1986 and Poltergeist 3 in 1988. And there's a remake of the same name in 2015. They remade Poltergeist. It was starring Sam Rockwell, who I actually really like. So if you've seen the new Poltergeist, is it good? Does it make you want to scream? I also, there's that that clown in this movie, and I thought the clown would be more involved in the horror, but it, it really wasn't. The clown was just kind of there, and I just know that that's like an iconic thing from this movie. I just need to know, if you liked Poltergeist, please tell me what you liked about this. If you didn't like Poltergeist, please also tell me what you didn't like about it. Come hang out with me on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays. Let's talk some movies. Give me some recommendations for some other movies. Tweet at me at PlayKatiePlay on Twitter. Also, just tell me what you think about this movie. I need to know. And I will catch you all in the next episode where I will hopefully watch something that will thrill and or horrify me. Y'all, I'm mad you made me watch this. I'm mad. I'm not angry. I'm mad. I'm just kidding. I am angry, but I'm also disappointed that you made me watch this. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will see you and or talk to you in the next episode. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash katiepetersplays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at playkatieplay and on Instagram at katiepetersplays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.